1: Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We have a father-son team joining us today, although it's all about the son today. Um, it's Luis and Alonso Rangel. And Luis and I have been friends for a few years. And he was telling me about his incredible son and how he's Pursuing a Dream Career in Writing, and that he's very good at it, and they sent me some of his stuff, and he is very good at it, and you know, it's not an easy career to follow on a path with, and a lot of parents say, hey, don't follow your dreams, but this dad clearly is, so I just wanted to hear a little bit more from Alonzo, and find out from dad how he's supporting his son, so gentlemen, welcome to the show, how are you doing today?
2: Fine, right, we're good, we're fine.
1: Awesome. Um are you? Um, I'm really good, thank you. It's It's Monday, you know, the favorite day of the week. <laughs>
2: No, no, no. sure it's not, not mine but yes
1: I was, that was my sarcasm I, I'm a Friday girl myself <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for uh, coming on the show I, I appreciate it um, so Alonzo you're 18 years old you're a sophomore uh, you're doing a writing major right now and a minor in comparative race and ethnic studies at Texas Christian University tell me a little bit more about you and tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about
3: um, well, I don't have too much to say other than, uh, I'm passionate about writing and great essence studies.
1: <laughs> and what, um, what made you get excited about writing?
3: Well, I think it was whenever I was in middle, in middle school, I started writing for my own entertainment mm. and, uh, over the years, you know, it, it starts off more like with everyone, it starts off more like a diary format, just um just writing down what you're thinking or what's happening at the moment. But as you get older, uh people start teaching you different techniques and um rhetorical analysis and things that other that you know, you need to write you need to be a good writer. Mm-hmm. So um over the years I've um I've actually developed a pretty good uh, um poetry style.
1: Poetry style of writing, like writing, are you talking novels or short stories or writing poetry in general or just a little bit of everything?
3: Um, I enjoy poetry the most. Um, um, I'm leaning more towards like a prose sort of. Um, Prose is just really long poetry for anyone (laughs) who might not know.
1: Cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of young people out there listening that probably are interested in writing, but they don't really understand all the areas of it. How did you know that prose was, like, where you wanted to go, or that poetry was your inspiration?
3: Um, I actually have to look into it, uh, uh, because you're not exposed to a lot of prose writing in school, or it's not very popular, but... Um, I actually had to look into it because uh, one day I was trying to, um, I was trying to write a story myself, um, something like a novel format. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I just didn't think that it was going that well. And I was like, you know what? Like in short bursts, I feel really confident about my writing,
0: mm-hmm. but
3: uh, but over over the course of a few pages, I start to kind of lose steam. And I was yeah. wondering, you know, is there like, is there anything else I could do? And I started thinking about poetry and then I, I found out that the middle ground is prose. Mm. And uh, that, that's whenever I started pursuing it, um, pursuing it as a majority of, of what I write.
1: And, and was high school where you kind of really started to develop that? Did you meet any great teachers that were writers that helped inspire you? Or was there someone in your family?
3: Oh yeah, I think I was a freshman whenever I was writing an essay, and one of my teachers, her name is, was Rena Nakamoto, and she was probably my favorite, um, my favorite teacher throughout school. Um, she really believed in me. She saw me writing an essay, and she had me move up to a course that was one grade, one grade level higher than what I would have been taking. Um, but I actually ended up excelling in that class. I learned a lot, and you know that's actually how I ended up being eighteen years old and a sophomore in college um, because she moved me up to that class and I got got a little bit ahead in school so uh she she really put a put a lot of faith in me and uh, um it was that it was that sort of belief that I kind of carried with me for a while. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't, I didn't believe in myself up until, like, even until I got into college. It wasn't until I started excelling, I started excelling in my classes the uh, the past two semesters that I realized that I I am indeed talented enough to become a professional writer someday.
1: That's awesome. And have you started? working with a a local paper or any magazines or anything like that to try and get your name out there? Are you kind of still working through your classes to figure out exactly what style you want to stick with and techniques and things like that?
3: Um, Just recently I had, actually had a couple of uh, uh, prose pieces published by TCU Student Arts Journal. Uh, So I was really excited about that. they they um, invited me to to read my to read what I had written at, uh, at an opening event, and you know I stopped I stopped to thank the editors once I was done reading, and they were like, "Oh wow!" Like we didn't like they had no idea that you know that I was a freshman or that I was just coming out of high school, and. Um, they, they told me to keep it up and, you know, TCU, um, Texas Christian university, they have, they have a lot of resources around that campus. They have their own, uh, they have their own press. It's a TCU press and they publish books. Um, they're a small publisher and I'm thinking about getting an internship with them sometime in the next couple of years. Very cool,
1: and and when you were a little kid, did you ever write anything down, or was that really high school where you started to enjoy it?
3: Well, I wasn't big on writing, but I was always uh, um, I was always a really good reader. Um, I I got on people's nerves a little because I would correct them while they were talking um, <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like um, grammatical errors people made during their sentences. I would just throw throw out that, the correct answer, and they just kind of cringe and furrow <laughs> their eyebrows. He was in a lot of spelling bees. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, cool. so I won three. I won three different school spelling bees.
1: Oh wow! See, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty decent at spelling, but there's still days when I am I feel a little dyslexic when I'm spelling something, and I can't remember if it's I before E or whatever, so that's kind of cool. Are you, I, I know you have a, a fairly big family. Did, is anyone else in your family into writing, or is it just you?
3: Actually, um, I'm, I'm the only one that uh, actively writes, but I know uh, I can tell you that my siblings and even my dad will tell you that they enjoyed uh, writing while they were in school. And, um, of my, of my three other siblings, you know, only one other graduated high school. So, um, for me to be in college and uh, majoring in writing now is a, um, it's a completely new experience for me and my family. But, um, but yeah, if you if you ask one, any one of them, they'll tell you that they they were interested in writing as a kid. So mm. to um, for me to be doing it now, it's just kind of carrying something on that. Um, that everyone, that everyone else would have liked to, and they went and got a proper education. Yeah, you know, Brandy, he's the he's the
2: first out of my entire family that has went on to college. Wow. He's, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's the only one. We have no one else in the family that's ever went on to cottage. So he broke he the cycle, good? really. Mm
1: hmm. You must be a proud dad,
2: eh yeah. Luis? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sure am, you know. I'm. I mean he, he had a choice he had choices and he made the right ones, you know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. That, that's that's good. So that's it's a really good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Are so Luis, are you starting to write or are you doing things in life that are inspiring him to write more? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. You know, I am doing things that inspire him to write, but not in a good way. No. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, no <goodness. laughs> No, uh you know me, Brandy, you know, and uh when I, I you know, you, you were my teacher at one time, you you remember and uh and I, I, I kinda enjoyed when we went, we got to the writing part and I remember you telling me like, you got it. But I remember like when I was a kid, like, um, I I loved it, but you know, lost interest for other reasons, but no, right now I am, uh, you know, currently in Texas. Uh, I might have to go back to Los Angeles short for a short period of time, but Mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm planning on moving right back here. And I think I'm going to stay here in Texas. Nice. And, um, and I had, you know, I hadn't been around them. Uh, I've been off and on visiting from Los Angeles. So I think, in you know, he's a sophomore already. So I think these last two years, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little closer and let's see what happens, you know?
1: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you guys could collaborate on something one day. That would be really cool.
2: That would be great.
3: I hadn't thought about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you maybe know, you can write the bigger I, one and then you, you can let dad interject a few cool sentences in along the way from his experience
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah. so uh, I was just
1: curious you said that um, a lot of young people start writing like in a diary form was there one thing in your life that inspired you to start writing a diary or were you kind of just journaling on a regular basis
3: um, I was uh, it was more like on occasion, and whenever, you know, um, there's a lot of teen angst that, pe- that people get. And on occasion, I would write just to debrief. And it, it wasn't anything as serious. Like, sometimes it would just be, like, goofy um, mm-hmm. thoughts that I had, and I would jot them down. But mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, that's a um i really enjoyed doing that from time to time and then oh um over time it became a more more formatted something that other people might enjoy instead of just myself
1: absolutely uh we just have to go to a quick commercial break everyone and we'll be right back with alonzo and Luis.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com. you are tuned in to teen wealth radio to join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're here talking to Alonzo Rangel and his dad, Luis. Uh, Alonzo is an 18-year-old sophomore who's been writing for a while now, and uh, he's starting to get picked up. Sorry? What did you say?
2: self American. Did you
1: say Uh, South American or sophomore? Sophomore. I said sophomore, not South American. (laughs) Maybe my my Canadian accent is that bad. Um, So, yeah, we're just talking a little bit about, um, like, kind of how he got started into writing and where some of his inspiration came from. Do you have any social media that you want people to follow, Alonzo, so they can keep up with your writing? Or where would they be able to, like, look up more about your writing or maybe try and find samples of it?
3: You know what? Believe it or not, over, um, throughout the entirety of uh, my life, I haven't seen a social media account, and okay. now I'm uh, like, now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing. You know what? Like, at first, I thought it was kind of uh, like it's kind of irrelevant, but now I'm seeing, now I'm uh, recognizing more and more that it's. Uh, it's uh, tactic of strategizing that lots of people use, so eventually I will get to uh, I will have to get around to creating one.
1: All right, we will keep our eye out for that. Once you, you let me know and we'll add it to the radio show uh, bio for you. <laughs>
3: Definitely.
2: Um,
1: so, so tell tell me about your, your freshman year of college and what impact it made on your writing.
3: Oh, it made a huge impact because, uh, as I said, going in, I didn't, I still didn't have too much confidence in myself. You know, uh, before that, I had, you know, uh, my my English teacher that I spoke about, uh, she would review some of the stuff I wrote, or it would be friends that I would show. And, you know, friends are always encouraging, so they'll say, um, so um, they always said that uh, uh, the that it looked really it, it looked and sounded really nice, but I know I'm like I never actually thought that other people enjoyed enjoyed my writing. I thought they were just being kind to me. So um, going into college, I actually like I wasn't sure what other people would think, and then finally, I had one friend who kind of uh, um, gave me tough love and say, "Hey, you know, like." You need to cut it out and show someone else other than uh, you're writing, and so that's that's what happened. I went to a professor, and um, they confirmed with me that yes, uh, it, w- it was something that they enjoyed reading as well. So mm. I sent um, I sent a few other things to um, the to an, the art journal there, and that's how I got it published. And there, um, there's different um, there's different things from time to time that. Uh, just in my mind confirmed with me I'm just how, um, just how talented I am. I know that one day I might have, or for a few months, I might have gotten a little distracted. And I not, I kind of blew off the paper up until a couple nights before it was due. So I, I knocked it out in about five hours, but I ended up getting the highest score in class. Uh, so it's little stuff like that. It was little stuff like that that, throughout my first year, just confirmed with mm-hmm. me that this is the is the right career path for me.
1: Absolutely. And and wh- now that you're in college, where do you pull your inspiration from? Do you still get inspired by real life, or other artists, or other writers, or?
3: Um, it's a little bit of both. I don't actually uh, I actually don't do a whole lot of. Uh, um, reading uh, poetry. I read a lot of articles, and uh, and I think that's where I pull a lot of my vocabulary from because uh, a lot of them uh, will usually be geared towards a more um, um, I don't know a more complex uh, audience. And uh, there, yes, I still do, but definitely uh, where I pull from the most is my life my uh my life experience and and now that I'm in college it kind of I more than anything I compare in my writing I compare what life is like on a campus compared to what it's like uh, off campus and uh, in the neighborhood I grew up in totally different mm. and I like to do comparisons
1: yeah And, um, did you ever go back and talk to Mrs. Nakamoto, your teacher that really believed in you, or have you maintained a, like a friendship with her after so she can watch your career grow as a writer since she was kind of such a push for you in high school?
3: You know, I think after my sophomore year in high school, she, uh, she moved to, she moved to, uh, teach at another school and... I know. Uh, uh, I didn't end up getting chance to get her contact.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So no, I haven't been in touch with her lately. I've I, yeah, I definitely met her, met with her a couple of times in between my uh, in between the time she left and between uh, now, and just, uh, she just kind of showed her. Um, uh, showed her excitement, and I, I'm not too big on on telling people things. I kind of have a hard time uh, coming out and actually showing my appreciation. And I really should, because uh, she was she was a really big part of of uh, my writing, and she's a, she's a really big part of where I am now.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's it's. I know it's sometimes hard to be. To go back and thank people for that big of a change because it's such an emotional thing for a lot of us. But I'm telling you, all the times that I've been able to push myself outside of that comfort zone and do it, it's been a, it's like something that makes our relationship so much stronger, and then the possibilities become even greater for the future. So I definitely encourage that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you know
2: me. something, you know something, Brandy. You know, yeah. uh, at that time when she switched, she had she called me and I went to the school because his counselor didn't want to let him into that class. Oh. And uh, and she kind of pushed it. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that. Mm. You know, I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I, I had her phone number and I lost it. And she would call me and then I changed my number. So uh, I, I would like to get a hold of her and, you know, at least thank her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully you can. Hopefully you'll be able to find her and, and say thank you for sure. Um. So, yeah. what about authors that you use as models? Like, is there is there a couple of authors that you just love what they do and you try and um, utilize some of the techniques you've seen them use, or is there just someone that inspires you through their writing? Or what do you like to read?
3: Um, I'm actually bigger on reading novels and reading poems. I know that. Um, uh, I try. I try to get. I, I try to get more of the essence. I know, I know novels uh, take a longer period of time to express the emotion that um, that comes out w- within their within the stories they sell. And what I try to do is condense it. You know, uh, like I'm I've read almost all of John Green's novels, um, but poetry wise, I am a big. Uh, I have been getting a little more into. Gloria Anzaldúa's writing. Um, she was a Mexican American writer, uh, most popular in the, like the mid '80s, and she did a lot of writing about um, um, racial disparities. And uh, and that's something that I want to I want to get more in tact with is, uh, an, uh, is understanding racial divides in America and. Uh, and um, recording my observations.
1: Very cool. is that why you're taking uh, your minor in ethnic studies?
3: Yes, I just um, I actually just took that introductory course this past semester and it interested me it. Um, it sparked my interest so much that I ended up just making it my minor because it, I thought it was something that that would really complement my writing is that uh, was to have an education and and race and ethnic studies.
1: Gotcha. And and what what did you learn in that little bit? And and yeah, what did you learn in that little time that you were in that class?
3: Um, what I learned more than anything is probably uh, I want to give you a right, uh, a good solid answer. It, uh, it okay. has That's been a few question. weeks to i that <laughs> class. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I just uh, uh I learned how to become in contact with um, how to accept being Hispanic in America. I know that uh, for a long time I was confused about where I belong because I actually don't speak any Spanish and um and a lot of a lot of times uh, older like. Uh, Older Mexican um Mexican role models here though like they'll kind of get off me about it and the, like they think that I'm trying to uh, like be uppity by speaking English but I mean it's not like I'm not like I'm not trying to take a higher stance than them I just honestly do not know how to speak Spanish and a lot of the times they they believe it's because um like I don't have pride in being Mexican and So sometimes I'm just kind of stuck in the middle between, oh, am I Mexican or am I American? And I just, uh, like, in that class I learned that I don't have to be one or the other, but I can be both. It's just a matter of convincing others that I can be both.
1: That's so interesting. I mean, Texas is a fairly multiracial place, is it not?
3: Yes, it is.
1: Yeah, I find that so fascinating. That's that's one of the things, like being Canadian, we're a little bit more removed from it, but I find it fascinating. Everywhere I go in the States, there's such a different level of I mean, hidden racism and very blatant racism. And and it's just I think ethnic studies is must be fascinating just because there's so many takes on everything. Like there's so many people with different opinions. And currently, I mean, with the political climate with your your current president, I mean there's a whole lot going on there. Do you do you see a lot of, has anything happened in Texas that's become more because of the current president? Or, like, have you seen, is there more discussion going on about different ethnicities and things like that right now, or?
3: Uh, well, I can tell you that on Texas Christian University's campus, the population is a little over 70% white.
0: Mm.
3: And uh, something, um, something that I noticed was that during our, um, uh, our, uh, during the past elections um uh, there was a lot of, uh, minorities setting up tables and campaigning on behalf of Beto O'Lourke. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's a representative here, if you're not familiar with him. And he, he was opposing Ted Cruz, the, the Republican candidate.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, And there was a lot of minorities at those tables, and I saw that almost every day. Um, People tabling and um, advocating on his behalf, and still, Ted Cruz won. And um, I saw maybe one table, uh, one table that was that was advocating on behalf of Ted Cruz throughout. The entire three months of campaign. So, um, that was something that I noticed that wasn't really, um, uh, that didn't seem correct to me is mm-hmm. that after all, like, all that work that I saw people put in, Ted Cruz still won that election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I had, a, like, I would come with the realization that oh, maybe 28% of people on that campus are, um, are of ethnic or racial minorities. And um and the other seventy two were or seventy eight or seventy two, sorry, um were white. And uh I'm not saying that um I'm not saying that white that white people in Texas can't be um liberals, but uh they tend to lean towards conservative conservatism and that's something um that's something that I just had to take into account
1: for part of why I'm fascinated is because I I love reading books that have like a political tone to the back of them even if they're fictional but we do have to go to commercial break we'll be right back uh, with Alonzo Rangel everyone
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams today don't forget to mention teen wealth radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are tuned into teen wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at global that's brandy with an i at global now back
1: to this week's show Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. We're here with Alonzo and Luis Rangel. We're talking to Alonzo about his being a writer at 18 years old and, and how he's going to pursue that for his life's career. Um, I'm just curious, we've talked a lot about your writing and some serious stuff. What do you like to do in your free time when you're not head in the books?
3: Uh, I do a lot of running and um, working out. Just, just this morning, I think I ran a mile in under five minutes. Um, so that's something I. Um, I think that's what health is uh, really mm. important. Um, that's something I like doing do in my free time. Other than that, I like to spend time with my family. I got four nieces that live, at, live here at home, and I, I just like love to watch them grow up, so um, I spend a lot of time here with my family. Um, I go to church every Sunday. And... a family. family. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> sure, my <other> family. <laughs> Yeah, he goes to
2: church with his mother's side of the family and which I think is good, he keeps a he keeps a balance between both families, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I yeah, I I come from parents who are split and man, I have So, I have four parents now because each, my mom and my dad both remarried. So, I try and hang out with all of them as much as possible, which means I have about 300 extended relatives. So, that can be fun some holidays. (laughs) So, tell me a little bit more about Texas where you grew up. You're in Fort Worth, is that correct?
3: Yes.
1: And you were born and raised there?
3: Yes, born and raised here. I haven't, I'm a, I've only left Fort Worth on a few different occasions.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: This, this weekend he did.
1: <laughs> Were you on vacation somewhere or just visiting friends?
3: I uh, was just visiting friends, that's all. Nice. Um, but I think over this past summer, I went to Philadelphia. That was, uh, that was the first time I had been out of the state in quite a while. Um, okay. I'm I went to Philadelphia, and then as a kid, I went to Mexico a few times to visit family there.
1: Nice. What's that like when you're there and you don't speak Spanish? Do people assume you speak Spanish because you look like you could, or?
3: Oh, um, definitely. <laughs> That's, <laughs> what happens. That's what happens even in Texas, <laughs> even yeah. here. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know when you don't speak Spanish you spend a lot of time with your cousin that can speak both English and Spanish and that's what happened yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so so speaking about family now what what does your family do to support you with your writing like your siblings and your dad and everyone
3: you know for a little while my siblings were, were skeptical about it They were like oh, well what are you gonna do with this because um a lot of the time people will assume that I'm I'd like to become a teacher when I grow up. And that's just, uh, uh, that's just something I'm not interested in doing. You know, um, I know a lot of teachers will, they've told, they've outright told me that it's probably not the right career <laughs> to be looking into. Um, at least not in Texas. Um, but I mean, other than that, that it's just not, it's nothing that I'm, that I'm interested in doing. So so I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to be a teacher. I want to do some actual writing. And other people are like, well, I mean, how many people can actually become professional writers? And um, that's where my siblings were right at first. But you know, over uh, they've adjusted over the past uh, over the past few months. So you know, along with proving to myself that. You know, that I'm a good writer. I've proved to them as well. So yeah. now, um, I've, I've always had support from my dad and from my mom. Uh, so along with them, I got, you know, like I kind of had to win my siblings over, but it happened. So, um, so they they all show support for me and they all, um, I mean, they're all just really happy for me to be in like, even in college doing what I'm doing and uh, um, everyone rooting, and it's a like it's a it's a nice feeling to have.
1: That's awesome because there's a lot of young people out there that have dreams like something that's not considered a conventional career, and their family just says, "Oh no, you can't do that." You know, so it's nice that you're able to have that support network. But what if your whole family said, "Nope, can't be a writer. Focus on something more tangible." What would you tell them?
3: <laughs> I'm not sure what I'd tell them. I, I mean, um, well. My decision to major in writing was ill-advised to begin with. I actually entered a college as a psychology major because I thought that that would make me more money. Uh, but um, what I, my thought was, I was like, well, people are always going to have uh, mental health issues and that's something that, um, and you know, that's something I'd like to study and that's um but it was only something that I was uh, sort of interested in. Um like it wasn't something that I had ever actually looked into. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I went to orientation at TCU mm-hmm. and then um the day after I was like, you know, I cannot become a psychology major. <laughs> Um, was, uh, so I called in and changed my major to writing and I didn't let anyone know. I just did it. And, um, and so I think that's what it would have boiled down to as <laughs> had, yep. had someone told me not to, I would have just done it anyway. <laughs>
1: Well, I can tell you, as someone who went to university for psychology, there's about as much chance as a psychology degree getting you a very consistent, well-paid job as there is for writing. It's just their big dreams. <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to have it so far in your heart that no matter how much the world kicks you and says it's not going to happen, that you just keep doing it anyways, and that's the only way you really can succeed, I think, personally, in, in a career that's considered unconventional. But it's so much more fun. I I mean, I'd rather be broke and doing something I love. And that's not always an option for some people because they have kids and other responsibilities. But I don't. And so I do something that I love. And sometimes I'm broke and sometimes I'm not. But I at least I enjoy every day because I'm doing it. So I love that you are as well. <laughs>
2: Definitely.
1: <laughs> but, well, outside of that, what other obstacles do you see? Um come up for aspiring authors? Like, do you see other people struggling with different things? Do you foresee struggles that you might have in the future as a, an aspiring writer? Um, a lot of
3: people right now are concerned with, uh, like, how writing will survive with it, like, how it will work hand-in-hand with technology and, uh, like, how often people actually read tangible books or how often, like, like how is the transition from uh, physical publish, publishing houses going to be um whenever people whenever life the transition is inevitable towards a more a more online approach so um a lot of people are uh kind of like fearing going into a, um, going into a, a writing major and a writing career but mm-hmm. the thing is that people are always going to be looking for writers like um like, uh, something that a professor told me is that people are always going to be looking for the entertainment that it provides, and if not the entertainment, the, um, just the, um, like, um, the efficiency, I guess you, you could say, because, you know, as a writing major, you, you can do so many different things. Um, you can go into different careers, and that's something that people are always going to be looking for, so. It's not, um, it's not something that people should, should be concerned about the uh, job market, because um, people will always be looking for someone that can write.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and there's so many opportunities now because, I mean, even to, to collaborate with, like, a musician as a writer, especially a writer of prose that has, like, with the, someone that's passionate about poetry as well, you could always collaborate with someone. I know people that have written short stories or poems and then linked up with a musical group and they've had that, the words set to their music and performed them and a lot of people want enter, new, unique forms of entertainment. So that's always unique things that you can pair up for to get your message out there as well, right?
3: Oh yeah and um, that was actually an idea I had, I had um, like a few months ago was that um, I thought that maybe I could uh, um, I could actually speak to a few people in my neighborhood because I know, like, the people in in my family, uh, but if it, like, I just, I think that I would be a good advocate for everyone, uh, like, um, from the neighborhood I grew up in, from the household I grew up in, and, mm. to, and uh, tell their stories rather than my own. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, that if I wrote on their behalf, I would do a good I would uh, do a good job of representing them. So yeah. that's an idea I had is um, collaborating with friends, families, different neighbors that I have and um, and sharing sharing their stories rather than um, just my own.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. so what if what if you had a friend that was trying to write and they were doubting their abilities? What piece of advice would you give them to to get them to keep going, hopefully?
3: I think that I would tell them that, you know, you just, you never know until you know, you know, um, I know, uh, um, I I know that sounds a little, um, cryptic, but, uh, but the thing is, like, I didn't, like, I didn't know that I was as talented as I was until I had 10 different people tell me, um, so, um, if if I had someone in front of me that was doubting themselves, oh, well, I would tell them, well, you know what? If you're like if you're doubting yourself, have someone else to uh, um, like have someone else go over your writing and uh, see what they say about it. And you know, um, sometimes it turns out so. Sometimes uh, people will say, well, hey, you know what? I think you need to work on some things. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they should give up on it. That mm-hmm. means, all right, we'll go work on things that um, that that um, they told you, they told you to. Because sometimes that's what happened to me. Like and like in high school, like um, whenever I was reluctant, like I was reluctant to accept that sometimes I had made a mistake, mm-hmm. and like I didn't want to believe that I had. But. Yeah. Um, uh it all the better for it was um just uh, going back to a drawing board and uh, and painting over no the mistakes that i had made
1: nice yeah it's that's it's a good piece of advice because sometimes we all need people to be the one who looks in the mirror for us for that kind of thing and reflects back what we don't see <laughs> uh we'll go to our last commercial break and be right back everyone
0: Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're here with Alonzo Rangel and his father. We're just talking to the 18-year-old writer, Um, just getting a little bit of advice from him on uh, what to do if you're thinking of being a writer and... If you feel like giving up, <laughs> I think it's great. So um, we only have a few minutes left. What are you currently working on, and what can we look forward to in the future?
3: Uh, right now, I'm working on just like a short, well, uh, a short chat book. What a chapbook book is, is just um, a collection of uh, prose and shorter poems. And uh, I'm not looking to make it very, very long. You know, it's the first... Uh, like it's the first uh complete piece of writing that uh that I'm putting together, so I'm thinking about fifteen about fifteen different uh short stories and poems and um, and I'm almost done with it, so we'll see uh, I'm looking to keep that format going forward just um on a larger scale maybe. Um, maybe someday I can put together something that'll accumulate like, sort of over a hundred pages. But we'll see. I'm starting small, and I'm gonna work my way up in the future.
1: That's awesome. And and imagine yourself in ten years from now, if everything went the exact way you wanted it to, what would your life look like?
3: Um. <laughs> well, I don't think I can give you a clear answer. You know, I think I'd really take care of my family first. Um, well, not first and foremost, you know, I've got to provide for myself, but, um, but I don't think I'd be too far from where I'm at now. You know, in 10 years, I'll only be 28. Um, um, but I, I'm hoping that I I can get a real good start. You know, not, not all of, not not all people have a meteoric rise, you know, but um if everything were to work out for me, you know, I'd have my own home and um, you know, I enjoy being uh I enjoy rural area rural area areas more. So uh, I think if anything in my home would be on a few a few acres of land and um uh, I don't know, just become kind of quiet and peaceful and I can work I could work from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I, while we we're on break, you were talking about how you're comfortable speaking in public. Do you ever think that, say, you publish a couple books of all of your great work in in ten or fifteen years, would you consider traveling and speaking to other young people about pursuing a career in acting, or or not acting? Sorry, uh, I'm, a, I'm a talent <laughs> agent, well, meant <I'm> writing.
3: <laughs> First South American. Accent. All right, but. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's definitely something that I, uh that I would give a go i mean uh i i love uh I love giving people advice actually, right now, I'm working at the high school I graduated from and giving them college advice and answering questions that they might have, so being a mentor to people is um is something that uh, I find it like I find myself doing not pretty often. So uh, definitely I would uh, I would, tour, um, but I would probably tour the country and um, see see what other people have for me.
1: That's amazing. And do you want to, like I know you were talking about a little bit earlier about when you were writing like full novels, it was hard and you'd get stuck, so that's kind of why you went to prose. Do you ever want to get to the novel point? Do you ever think of that or do you want to stick with shorter stories or what kind of things do you want to create?
3: Yeah, um I think the wider variety of uh, of writing that a hopper can provide that um, like the better so yes, maybe one day I will um I will learn how to control like how to have the control over my writings. Uh, sustain um, a novel type narrative but right now I'm um, right now I'm sticking to the, um uh, the short story prose poetry and thing and you know the that's where I'm found to that so gotcha um, that's what I'm looking into um, but moving forward I always uh, I always have thought uh, writing my own novel would be cool I just uh, haven't really found the uh, I found a sweet spot yet, so, um, but I'm sure that I'll that I'll get there.
1: Well, I don't know if you're into writing truly factual stories or maybe mixing fact and fiction together, but I know your father has had a pretty interesting life, and maybe you could write something about his life journey and include your own stuff in there along the way. <laughs> How would Dad feel about like that?
2: Like a, it's gonna look like a dictionary, Brandy. It will. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many stories in here, you know?
1: So many, yeah. You know a few. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I have (laughs) one last question to ask you, and I ask everyone. Um, If you had 30 seconds on TV to make everyone in the entire world sit down, shut up, and listen to one piece of advice that you could give them, what would it be?
3: Uh, (laughs) That's a question to answer. Um, uh, um, Be kind. Yeah, you know, I see. A, I see a lot of people hating each other, and um, for a lot of for a lot of different reasons. You know, whether it's um, whether it's on a smaller scale and it's just something petty between two friends, or something uh, um, between two nations. You know, uh, it just uh, starts with someone being rude, and then someone else gets upset, and you know, uh, rivalries is what. Yeah is what causes a lot of trouble. So I'm saying, if anything, if I have 30 seconds, I would only use five seconds to say, be kind.
1: Nice. I like that. I think that's a message that the whole world could use. So that was very good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great show. Thank you so much for tuning into Teen Wealth Radio this week. Uh, Alonzo, we're looking forward to your writing in the future. And Luis, we're looking forward to you being our guest on the radio show one time soon. Thank you all for joining. We'll see you yeah. all same time, same place next week on Team Wealth Radio. Have a good week, everyone.
2: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thanks for being part of Team Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show.